Welcome back to Pixelate Talk. I'm your host Herman, and on this show we talk everything from education to entertainment. And of course, as usual in this podcast, we have a guest of the day. And once again, we are going international. And well, we're someone that's good at content creation. Before we introduce him, let's have our very long intro. So today we have a very special guest. He's very familiar with content as I said. And he's studying in the National University of Singapore. And it's Dagui Aki. Welcome, welcome Daryl. Welcome to the show. Hello, Herman. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me to the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for being here. It's great having you here. And of course, you are very familiar with content creation. So, you know, I think you are quite familiar with speaking in front of the camera and stuff. And I guess yeah. so. So that's why the first question that popped into my mind when I actually messaged you was how do you get into content creation? Because studying and creating content isn't easy at all. Hmm. I would say I got into content creation uh, early on in my secondary school days. It was mostly just photography. La. But I would say the thing that really catapulted me to... <laughs> want to pursue content creation a little bit more was when I joined this um, media company in Singapore called The Smart Local. And I ended up doing content for them, mostly just ads, short videos here and there. But because of that, I gained a lot of experience in creating content for various media platforms. Um, but after that, I came to, I came into college and I joined one of the halls, one of the dormitories in NUS. And from there, I actually joined one of the media teams as well. And the, this particular hall, Shears Hall, we had a YouTube channel and we did some content for that. But after that, um, I think somewhere in year three, I thought to myself that I wanted to create some content not for other people, not for another company and more so for myself. And I also got inspired by some other people like, you know, Daniel Tamago, Elliot Choi, and that's why I decided that, okay, I'm just going to make some content for college, uh, mostly for myself and mostly to build a brand and a sort of business for myself. Uh. So, yeah, I think that's the long story short on how I actually got into content creation, especially so in college. Yes. Yeah. So you mentioned about Elliot Choi and of course Daniel Tamago, who is also from NUS. I had Kyo last Kyo Tsang from the Hong Kong University last episode and he also watched the same two content creators and do you think he mentioned that they are underrated, especially Daniel Tamago. Do you agree with that? Oh I definitely agree with that. Um Daniel Tamago in particular I would say when I first when he first released his video, I think it was a day in the life of a NUS business student in Singapore. I looked at it and I was kind of like look at I was a bit, um, for the lack of a better word, I wasn't, I was impressed by the production quality, but I wasn't too impressed with the type of content because it was a bit playful, I would say. But after that, a few months later, I came back to looking at this content, especially the more productivity and study-based ones. And after that, my perspective totally changed about him. And he is someone that, really 
is quite a visionary, I would say, in terms of how he's creating his content. And yeah, he's really, really underrated, I believe, because the production quality and not just the not just the filming and everything, but the actual value that he provides in his video is astronomical, <laughs> you know. Um, and I mostly believe it's because of us being in Singapore that we have a smaller market at the start. Uh, we we need we need more time to branch into the international market. Uh, that's why he's still at sixty k right now. Sixty k is still a lot, but he definitely has a lot more potential to go further than that, uh. And yeah, that's what that's why I believe he's really really underrated. And just give it a few more years, he's going to be one of the bigger content creators in Singapore, especially so in this second wave of content creators where it's mostly solo creators in Singapore, because right now it's mostly the first wave of companies like the Smart Local and NOC and Tianhao Tan, which is kind of dominating the market, but. Daniel Tamago, I believe he'll be one of the front runners in this new second wave of solo creators, and he won't be underrated for much longer, I would say. How how do you see your own YouTube channel in the next, let's say, five years? Because I, to me, I see your content as it's Daniel Tamago, but in a computer science perspective. So how do you see your channel maybe in like five years, let's say? And I believe you'll go graduate soon. So what's your so-called visionary idea for that? Hmm. So for my idea for my own channel, Dagoyaki. <laughs> I mean, I always meant for my channel to be similar to Daniel Tamago in certain aspects. Whereas, but my my main difference for me is that I wanted to keep myself a little bit more relatable to a common person. <laughs> because I would say, as much as 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 Tamago is, you know, he likes to say he's he's just like everyone and everything, which is true. He definitely has a lot more motivation and drive than a lot of people. So my my difference is that I believe I'm someone that's a bit more toned down, a toned down version of that that's able to do content as well. I wouldn't say that I'm really. Much of a computer, giving much of a computer science perspective at the moment. I don't really want to dive into that too much because, not gonna lie, I'm not a big fan of programming and stuff like that at the moment. Uh, but as of now, when I think five years later, it's mostly going to be similar in Tamago's footsteps for some areas. But there are certain areas that which I want to branch into as well. So the ones that are similar to. Tamago will probably be things like lifestyle vlogging, um, giving perspectives and tips and stuff like that. The difference is that instead of study tips, I'm giving more relatable tips. I would say, you know, things on how to handle your anxiety, uh, how to survive in college. I I don't know stuff like that. Uh, but the other the other niche that I do want to dive into in the future is actually tech. Because I am a big fan of tech, so people like MKBHD, Dave Two D, Mister Who's the Boss, I actually really like all it, all of this tech stuff, and it is something that I do want to branch into in the future. Because in Singapore, that's not something that's very prevalent, I would say, and even if there is, I believe there is a room for me to kind of get into for that lah. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to 
branch into is probably something called I don't know, I would term it as um hmm it's it's a bit hard to say. <laughs> I don't wanna be sound pretentious and say like oh life tips or something like that. Uh but I branded it as something like relatable productivity. I don't know how much sense it makes, <laughs> but basically I wanted to promote more I want to promote some more healthy life tips uh. so things like if you're facing anxiety you know it's okay if you're facing anxiety it's okay if you're feeling sad stuff like that and try to give my perspective on that so that hopefully people would be able to reframe their emotions and negative thoughts into something that's a bit more positive uh. and yeah because I believe that's where I, sh- I can actually get a lot more I can actually provide a lot of more value uh, considering it's something that I myself am actually facing at the current moment and I know in my heart that a lot of people are actually facing the sim- similar issues as well uh. and you guys are a bit younger so uh, I know it's a bit harder for you guys to comprehend all of this stuff at the moment considering you need more years to mature up and stuff like that uh. so I do believe that there is a space for me to provide value in this kind of mental well-being and mindfulness yes so so I'll, I want to go back to the start of the episode where you mentioned about the smart local and I mean the smart local it's as you mentioned you work there and they are the front runners let's say that one day the smart local suddenly became like the Jian Hao Tan type of so called you can say worldwide kind of worldwide known would you because I heard you're still doing freelance from your LinkedIn I'm not a stalker, but yeah, I saw that you <laughs> see the freelance. Be a <laughs> <And> researcher. <laughs> I'll be a research here and there. And is freelance a part of another reason that you also did YouTube? But I mean, you did YouTube for eight months and it's already kind of blowing off to 10K. So it's, it's insane. How did it affect you? Hmm. So how it affected me was that I think it kind of change the direction that I intended to go to with this particular channel because at first I meant for it to be more of a okay I'm going to be honest I went into it partly for to earn some side income you know until to build this up as a side hustle that became that was sizable enough to give me a uh, significant portion of money in the future <laughs> let's just say that uh, but I think after 8 months and seeing this type of growth and seeing the seeing this new wave of creators coming up in Singapore. I've actually had some considerations about making it a full-time gig, a potential full-time gig in the future if it actually reaches to, goes to the extent in Singapore. I still believe that uh, it's not the wisest choice at the moment, but you need, it needs some, a few more years to mature up in Singapore, like this rise of solo content creators. Uh, but I think another way it has affected me is hmm, affected maybe not so much or maybe made me realize more things. Uh. So in particular, how many people are actually facing the same issues as me and how, how it affected me is that I realized that I could actually provide value to people based off things based off my own opinions and perspectives and things that I'm thinking about. And yeah, it's, 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 it's really feel good, I would say. And I like to make fun of this concept a lot called Ikigai. <laughs> but 
this is one pillar uh, providing value and providing value which I feel that content actually fulfills you know, for me for me you know like I mean I'm actually able to help people out just by creating content and yeah it has reframed what I thought I might be doing in the future and hmm, anything else let me think is there anything else oh yeah <laughs> I think the sudden influx of attention that I've been getting from people it got it was a bit overwhelming at the start you know suddenly a lot more people are watching your stuff then people are dming you asking stuff like that and i guess in some ways it has uh, made me be more mindful of the things i post online just so because i know that yeah some people that are following me might be a bit on the younger side so i tend to be a bit more I, I, do, I wouldn't want to put anything out that would incriminate me in the future as well. And yeah, just a bit more mindful uh, because people might be looking up to me. I'm not too sure about that. And yeah, just be more, I'm, I'm more mindful when I talk to other people now online. Yes. But I mean, uh, sorry, I need to go back to the numbers thing. I know YouTubers, I think they don't really like to listen to like numbers or these things, but if you put into perspective, 10k just by thinking about a side hustle 10k people following you or subscribing to you and watching your content is like a stadium of people if you put it into perspective but now back to your youtube majority of your video now will you consider them as nus based cause you're currently in nus hmm well i consider most of my audience base as nus students yeah so um... more facing on the nus side most people from NUS listening and watching and as well as more NUS content like Day in a Life for example hmm I I mean I guess a lot of people that watch me are probably students college students in particular but actually one thing I realized is that um, there's a lot more there's a lot more young kids watching me than I thought there would be so there are actually a lot of secondary school students of people that are ages 14 and 15 that are in my discord channel just talking every day you know people from i have people from india people from like europe people from australia uh and yeah it does it surprises me that oh actually my audience might be a lot more worldwide than i thought it would be um yeah i think but i think yeah the majority would still be college students around the region especially in Asia. Uh, is that... Okay, well, did I answer your question? Yeah, you did. <laughs> you answered okay, 100% okay. of it. So, yeah, I mean... NUS is... You could call it a prestigious school because... I don't know to Singaporeans, but as... International students... One thing to get into a prestigious university like... NUS, it is... Uh, it's actually the number 12... On the World QS ranking. And I feel like it's competitive. And... Of course, you made a video about anxiety and stress. Does that relate with all these high-ranking schools? I wouldn't say so, actually. I believe that any school you go to, or any, yeah, any school you go to where you actually need to study, <laughs> would give you, could give you anxiety in some way or another. In particular, maybe study anxiety or just student anxiety in general. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like attribute it to it being a premier university or like a better college uh, based on some 
arbitrary list out there. Um, but yeah, because ultimately every student that wants to, that wants to excel, I would say, especially in the Asian region, right? Because we're so pressured by our family and whatnot. Any student that wants to excel will inevitably face some sort of like anxiety out there when it comes to college. Uh, and it doesn't matter what college you would be in. So, yeah. Okay, uh, so I got a bit sidetracked there because you just mentioned something. But uh, never mind, it's out of my mind. And what do you want to say? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, clubs in uni, like I believe that halls, you need to reach a certain amount of like, activities to stay there for next year. And how does that stack up with studying? Oh, oh you, you came to the wrong person, man. Because <laughs> I, I didn't take a, I didn't take up a lot of um, CCAs when I was in college, and I still managed to get a spot through other means, I would say. But how joining clubs and societies uh, stack up with studying is that um, it really is it really is dependent on how much you actually like joining on these clubs and societies. So uh, personally, I have like I think two CCAs right now. Uh, I think in the past, I also had around two CCAs and whatnot. Um, because the thing, the thing about staying in hall and wanting to have, wanting to stay in hall for the following year and needing to take a lot of CCAs is that, yeah, it eats up a lot of time. So if you're someone that's like maybe doing computer science where you can't afford all of that time, it's going to impact you. Um, I would say negatively in terms of having more sleep, I would say. Uh, it, it, it's inevitable, uh, basically, that if you want to stay next year, then you would have to sacrifice, you know, one of the three things, like, you know, sleep, social life, or your studies. Um, but other than that, if it's just like, if it's just like me, where I only take like one CC or two CCAs, I think the way I would reframe it is that these CCAs serve as a break from study. So in terms of it measuring up to studying, I would actually see it as a good thing. Like it doesn't impact my studies negatively. If anything, it helps me relax. So yeah, I joined this dance CCA called Breakiness and we do like b-boying and stuff like that. Um, to me, that is like my escape from studies for just a few hours but I don't have to think of my responsibilities from studying and doing well in college so yeah it's really how it's really based off your priorities on what your clubs and societies are like in college and yeah really what it's really it's also based on the circumstances you're in so for me because I don't really care about staying the following year I have an alternative means <laughs> it doesn't impact me that badly. Lah. But yeah, it really based, it's really based off your circumstance and priorities. Would you put this into a triangle of relaxation, study and social life and the CCA you joined, breakdancing, sorry, I've, I don't really know how to call that <laughs> the club name. Will you call oh, that the is. middle point of relaxation and studying? Because hmm. you... It kind of preserve your stay next year and also kind of get you relaxed. I mean, I guess you would. 
you could put it that way but i don't actually i don't really put all my activities on a triangle of sorts where i'm measuring oh this one is closer to the relaxing uh, this one is uh, closer to the studying and stuff like that i don't think it really matters uh. yeah yep so man i'm jumping all over the place this episode is okay <laughs> no worries man <laughs> no worries i just want to say it's really impressive how you're 15 years old and actually doing this podcast right now because when i was 15 i was just binging through youtube and playing fifa like 24 7 <laughs> but man's out here already with a podcast and inviting kyosang to his i'm gonna have episodes. youtube soon <laughs> i think maybe and you're gonna have a youtube soon that's, in, that's insane I, I actually like creating all this thing. i like editing that's why i'm too free ah. sometimes yeah too I mean, free i think mean, i got study wow. but I'm not as big brain as some other kids out there that get the score 100. I'm not that kind. So, Well, honestly, with what you have going on, it's even it's even better, I would say, than scoring hundreds on your test scores. <laughs> and you even got sponsored, sponsored episodes, right? Like yeah. in the past. Yeah, it's Anchor. Check it out, Anchor. But it's actually, you need to be US to collect the funds. So I'm broke, basically. So, <laughs> But yeah. you're 15 years old. That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean, is very, very impressive. So thanks, props to yeah. that, man. It means a lot to hear that from you. Yep, so no worries, no worries. Speaking about YouTube, your, f- your first video that blew off was life as a computer science student in NUS. How far have you traveled from there to where you are now? Making videos of Kirby. <laughs> of Kirby? <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Um, wow, how far? I've, I don't know, man. Uh, you, got, you have to understand that when I did that day in the life video, it was more out of me knowing that in this particular niche, I knew that it would blow up because it wasn't something that has, you know, that has been done in Singapore very well yet. Lah. Or at least to extend like, you know, like a- another Tamago, lah, like that kind of quality. Uh, but how the content has changed. Lah. Wow. I don't know. I've... I've actually toned... I know you mentioned that um, I'm someone that does shitposting here and there, all my comedy videos, but I've actually toned that down a lot more as I went through my YouTube journey. So at the start, I might have been this guy that felt a bit more all over the place. Ooh, ooh, hee hee ha ha, you know, just uh, messing around and like making fun of myself and stuff like that. But because of me having to do this week in, week out, it has inevitably made me grown in some way to become a lot more organized. And ironically enough, I can't relate to my shit posts as much as I used to. So back then, it was very easy for me to make all these comedy and shit post videos because, yeah, it's basically what I'm thinking all the time. Like, it's just like all this hee hee ha stuff and I can make fun of this person here and there. But because of my own personal development and growth throughout the past few months, I've come to a point where I real I, I feel personally that all these little comedy bits and shit posts don't provide a, don't really provide some don't really provide the value that I want my viewers to take away. And I become a lot more mindful into the things I post where yeah, let's say I would, I make a shit post video, you know, I don't make fun of myself, right? I still want people to leave the video with a message or something they learned in mind. And yeah, I guess you could see that's where my growth has come in, like you know, uh, the day in the life video of a computer science student, that kind of blog, right? I feel it's, yeah, it's something that is fun to watch, I would say, but you don't really take much away from it. 
But now when I create videos, I would, yeah, I would like my viewers to take something away from every video I have. Lah. So that's where you can say my growth has come in lah, for the past few months when I started this YouTube channel. Like you mentioned that the life at US is basically something to so-called get views and blow up. Lah, but now transitioning into a more thick stuff away, do you spend a lot more time planning and thinking what to post other than shit posting? And yeah, I mean like that. That's that planning stage. Will you spend so much more time compared to last time to think of something that the viewers can take away? Oh, um, definitely not, man. <laughs> if anything, right, I planned my videos a lot more at the start because when you first start out on content creation, especially on like YouTube or something, uh, it's gonna be a lot. You you're gonna feel a lot more lost if you don't have a plan in mind. But now that I'm actually like eight months into doing this, I can kind of form the video in my mind without really putting it down, uh, without really putting a script down, although it does help. Uh. Um, that's why I would say I spend a lot less time in doing that. In fact, a lot of my videos nowadays, right, it's actually I just read something or I watch something, then I have a aha moment, you know, just a, an idea that comes to my head. And then I just uh, put some notes down on, okay, what I want to talk about in this episode. and. After that, I'll just, you know, go out and film. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty much been like this for most of the previous videos. I don't plan a lot more. And I guess you could say it comes from a lot more experience after you, you know, after you continue creating videos week in, week out, you just have a general idea of how you want your video to turn out. And that experience has just helped me spend a lot less time planning and actually ideating on new stuff. Uh. Yeah, because I guess I've, I guess throughout the eight months, I've matured a little bit more in knowing what the niche is and probably what would do well. So yeah, I just plan a lot less now. Your past few videos are actually videos of hall life and how hall is during this, in the circumstances of COVID, this pandemic. And I'm curious, what made you go back into hall from studying at home online, I believe, to back into hall <laughs> uh content <laughs> okay content. La, maybe not just content i i really wanted to how do i say have a space to myself to live in um it's it, it just it just feels a lot more i guess you could say it feels a lot more safe when i have when i'm inside my hall room because i know that okay this is my domain you know and I think at this point of time, it was my house wasn't the best place to be in as well. It was very noisy. There was a lot of crying babies around, like <laughs> the house. Uh, there were like construction works, and year three was just not a very fun time for me staying at home and doing online learning. And yeah, I'm actually on an LA right now, so I'm not actually studying at the moment, and I'm still in hall. <laughs> but it's content. mainly yeah, it's mostly okay. It's, I would say it's mainly for having a space to myself. To a lesser extent, it's for content. And to another end, the last one would be that, yeah, I mean, just communal living, you know, living with a bunch of friends, a bunch of friends your age, especially, you know, like-minded young individuals. It's just a lot more fun as compared to staying at home and spending the whole day alone, you know. It's, it was, yeah, it was really painful for me last year when I wasn't staying at home because it just felt like, wow, it's so, firstly, you're so bored. Secondly, you didn't really have much to do alone at home. I just feel, yeah, for me, that's an, a bit more of an extrovert. Uh, that wasn't 
the best uh, physical place to be in for me. Yeah, so I think that's part of the reason why I came back to Hall. So I could just live with my friends. Yeah, and uh, all that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sidetrack a bit into this Hall thing because I don't think Shears Hall is the best Hall to ask this question. But like NTU, they have monkeys stealing bread. Has NUS this problem of like wildlife roaming in the in halls, stealing bread or stuff? Actually, my hall itself has had a monkey incident oh. before. It was like maybe two years back. Yeah, it was actually my floor on level seven. There was, there was a monkey incident. So what, the, what happened was that the monkey went into someone's room and it ripped open like some snacks and stuff like that. And the whole level was just freaking out. And yeah, when the monkey made its way to the dustbin, all of them were peeking out of the doors and just like, oh, is the monkey still there? Is the monkey still there? <laughs> but other than that, we don't really have any wildlife situations. Uh, maybe we get the occasional, um, well, what do we have? The occasional birds. We have a lot of birds here. Uh, they, shit on the, they shit on the floor a lot. It's quite annoying, especially on the top floor. Uh, and we have a lot of lizards as well. Uh, not a big fan of lizards. But other than that, we haven't really encountered much wildlife here. I mean that is good news as well. You won't get your stuff getting. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. So I since we are at the topic of NUS, I I need to go back to computer science because I I believe that computer science is uh, you could say a major that takes a lot of effort in the workload and yeah basically already having a GitHub account to start off before you even go out into the real world is that why computer science is so hard because you're already dealing with the outside world hmm i would say computer science is uh it's hard just because it's a specialist you know it's a specialist kind of topic and what i mean by that is that yeah computer science can be really technical and not everyone's going to be not everyone's going to get the kind of thinking that goes behind computer science it's like how some people are bad at math but good at English, you know. Some people can be, yeah, just bad at computer science, uh, you know. Uh, it is, how do I say this? Uh? Um, you know, some people just get physics, stuff like that. <laughs> some people just get computational thinking as well. And computer science is really not just about programming. And it's, it's, there's a lot, a lot of theory involved. And it's very, oh, is, is it the right brain or left brain? I think it's the left brain. It's very logical. Uh, in that sense so it, I guess you could call it hard in that way if you think of it from a logical perspective because yeah just things just get very very technical when you dive into the intricacies here and there um, and yeah even in the outside world a lot of things a lot of the things that you learn in college won't actually be you won't, won't really be that relevant when you go into the outside world and that adds an extra layer of learning that you have to do on your own just to get hired on top of all your studies that you have in your actual college. So yeah, that's actually one problem I would say I have with the system in Singapore. So yeah, that's my thoughts on computer science and its workload and how tough it actually is. Yeah, so I'm actually at my last question and this question is more to your viewers and my listeners and because right now in Malaysia government school and some international school they just finished their finals when this episode is going to come out what do you 
what would you like to say to those that are finishing up their exams or have finished their exams and waiting for their results? Wow. I mean, you, you guys must understand that I'm, I'm not one that really cares a lot about my grades. <laughs> so obviously I would say that, yeah, grades are not everything. Uh, your grades do not determine your worth as a person, your intellectual worth. Because, yeah, you may, you may excel in other areas, which those people that do well do not. It's just because of the way things are in the education system. They have to measure it in some sort of way. And it might not be the best way to measure your own intellectual worth, I would say. But don't be, basically, you don't want to be dejected by your finals. Because as long as you went in knowing that you did the best you can, even if the results aren't something that you are happy with, you already knew that, yeah, you can't really do much better than that anyway. So there's no point in really fretting over it and thinking about the what ifs, or oh, what if I did better? Where else can I go, you know? Uh, the best is the best way is to just uh, accept it. Uh, and you already know you did your best. So there's no point really fretting over it. So, so yeah, I think yeah. it just really boils down, boils down to that. Uh, you know, you did your best already. Don't fret over it if things don't really go your way because you really couldn't have done maybe much better. So yeah. So to our listeners out there right now who are listening, you you got something to take away from this episode. It's not that shit talking. Anyway, um, <laughs> do you have anything else to say, Dago? Uh, um, listen to Pixelator talk. <laughs> like, share, subscribe to Dagoyaki. <laughs> yeah. Let me go global a bit. To my yeah, fellow let, Malaysian brothers and sisters. Yeah, let, get, get him to 50k. Man. These guys underrated, severely underrated. <laughs> <You knew laughs> thank severe. you. Yeah. But I think it's the end of today's show. A big thank you, of course, to Dagoyaki for being here and taking your time out of your of your quite busy schedule, I feel like, right now. And uh yeah, questionable. <laughs> questionable. <laughs> questionable. To our listeners out there, if you enjoyed this episode, a follow would be greatly appreciated and that will help us tremendously in getting me into your For You page. We'll be posting every fortnightly at 8pm GMT plus 8 and now you can stream us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and a few more. I don't remember the name but you can find them. You can find out more about me on my Instagram, shamelessplug at herman underscore punk and if you like, you can DM me and tell me what you think and any other opinions that you have. Anyway, thank you for listening and of course see you next time. Hope you have a great day, night or any other time you're listening to this too. Have a great day and bye bye.